Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 67 called Amy B. So today's episode is sponsored by Prove, the first five minute at home progesterone test to confirm ovulation. Progesterone is the hormone released after ovulation and it needs to be elevated high enough for long enough to confirm successful ovulation. Problems with ovulation can make it difficult to get pregnant, but with Prove, you can figure out if you are ovulating successfully right from your very own home. This critical information can change the game when it comes to trying to conceive. What I love most about Prove is that it was invented by Amy Beckley, a PhD scientist and infertility warrior whose journey lasted three long years and included seven miscarriages. She suspected that she was having trouble ovulating properly in her own journey, and lo and behold, she was right. She got a progesterone supplement to help and successfully conceived just a couple of cycles later. Her progesterone miracle is now six years old. So you guys know I love female-founded companies, and you know I love products that can truly help you go through this awful infertility road. So check out Prove. The best part is that they're giving Infertile AF listeners a special discount code. Go to provetest.com, enter the code infertileaf 20 and you'll get 20% off your very first order. Thanks, Prove. So before we get started with Amy, I just wanted to remind you guys, in case you missed it, that Fertility Rally memberships are now live. So if you haven't had a chance yet to check it out, go to fertilityrally.com. You can check out all the different content we have. There's videos, there's articles, there's blogs, there's education, there's experts who are weighing in. And then we also have this packed schedule of virtual events and support groups as well. So we have a seven day free trial. Check it out, DM me or email me if you have any questions. And we hope to rally with you soon. Thanks. Okay guys, so back to Amy's story. So Amy had a PhD in pharmacology and an expertise in hormone signaling when she began tracking her own hormone levels at home because she thought she might have had a problem with ovulation, which was causing her to lose pregnancy after pregnancy. So again, this is one of those stories of a woman, a fertility warrior, an infertility warrior, who created something out of what she went through to help the community. So today she's not only gonna tell us her own story, and how she did eventually maintain a healthy pregnancy, but she's gonna tell us about how she founded MFB Fertility Inc. and invented the Prove Test in her own basement. So it's an awesome story, Amy's super cool, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, this is Amy's infertility story. Amy, it's so good to finally talk to you. I'm so happy to finally talk to the person behind the the product. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So I always love to start at the beginning with people's stories and just ask, you know, what you were like growing up and if you always wanted to be a mom. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've always been like a, a type A, like got to have everything in control like, here's my plan. Here's my checklist. I'm going to first, I'm going to go to school and then I'm going to get a career and then I'll get a husband and then I'll get a house and then I'll get a dog and then I'll have kids, you know, like checking it off. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was always in the plan. 
Did um, things happen in that exact order? Absolutely not. <laughs> it never does, right? No, no, no. Um, you know, I was doing good. You know, I, I went to school. I'm a scientist. I just love, love science. Mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I went to school pre-med and volunteered in an ER. And the first time the doctor was like, here, hold this while I, you know, put a needle in this guy's arm to give him stitches. And I about passed out. (laughs) We're going to need to reconsider this career path. (laughs) You're like, maybe we need to change course here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my roommate at the time had a job at a biotech company. And she's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we could use somebody to kind of, you know, take out the trash and, and just do like, you know, things around. And I went there and I loved it. Like, I just love being there and seeing that people were creating therapies and creating drugs and things that were going to help people through, you know, horrible things in their life, disease, cancer. Like, it was just, I just felt like this was like my purpose. Like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do things to help. And this is, you know, I want, I thought I wanted to be a doctor and help that way. It turns out I wanted to be a PhD scientist and help people through research and product development. That's great. So were you in school at the time when you started working there? Yeah, I was in school. At school, I did meet my husband. Mm-hmm. We didn't get married until like the very end of my schooling. Um, I, I have a PhD in pharmacology. So it was like four years of college and then five years of you know more college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we got married and then I had to do more training. It's called a postdoctoral training. So it's just, it's kind of the equivalent of like a residency for a doctor mm-hmm. uh, but on the PhD side. So we moved to North Carolina and did that. And that's when, you know, we bought the house in the good neighborhood with a good school with the extra rooms for the two kids I was planning on having. Okay. Were you guys married at this point? Yeah, we were okay. married. Been married for about two, two years. Mm-hmm. And had you and guys I- talked about having kids before you got married? You said it was yeah. always in your plan. Was it his plan as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, if he had his way, he could live either way. Right. <laughs> it was really like, you know, but, but that is, you know, it's a good point. That is a really good conversation to have is before you get married to, to really have those conversations. Absolutely. My, my husband and I started dating when we were 16. So we certainly were not having those conversations. It was like, let's not get pregnant for the first like half of our relationship. <laughs> so we never really had that conversation either. Yeah. 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 No, I mean like, you know, I've never wanted like a huge family. I'm not like, I want, you know, 10 children. Cause I think he would have been like, eh, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for him, one or two was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, and we were on the same page and that was great. It's about, you know, two years in, you know, had, had established, you know, a career and a house and a, you know, income. And, you know, I was on birth control pill for, you know, 10, 15 years and, and came off of it and thought, all right, it's gotta be easy. You know, teenagers right. are, you know, doing it one time and yeah, you're like, I'm ready now. Let's go. Yeah. 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 And it, it just, it was not easy, you know, and I did all the things, right. The, the temperature and the, the ovulation tests and the cervical mucus and, and all this stuff. And I had these beautiful charts and I could tell something was not right. Uh-huh. Um, was that how it was from the beginning? You started charting everything or did you kind of start to try casually before you started using the kits and all that stuff? <laughs> no. Amy doesn't do casual. (laughs) 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 It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. (laughs) Okay. Fair. Um, I mean, it seems like with your background, that makes perfect sense. That definitely tracks for you. So I get it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I I was tracking and, and I noticed something was wrong. 
um, you know, I'd have long cycles, you know, I wasn't getting the positive ovulation test until towards the end of the cycle. And then I would spot a lot. And I just thought, okay, it was, you know, just me coming off the hormones. But, you know, after a couple months of that, I, I called a, a, a doctor and I was like, look, I know there's something wrong. Can you help me? And it was no, it was a big fat no. I said, you know what? You haven't been trying long enough. You need to try for 12 months and you haven't, you've only been trying six. So, you know, you're fine. Just mm-hmm. keep, keep doing what you're doing and I'm sure it's fine. And how and then, old were you at that point, Amy? I was 28. Okay. So they were probably like, you're young. It's going to happen. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and you know, and the next couple months we actually conceived and, you know, world came crashing down a couple weeks later when mm. that one did not end so well. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like, you know, the, you know, the quote unquote silver lining was, this is my, my opportunity to go out and get help. Like I knew something was wrong. Something's obviously wrong. Surely now they will help me. And so I called them again and they're like, oh no, miscarriage is totally normal. Um, it happens. It's, you know, don't call us back unless you've had three in a row. That's when my scientific brain started firing. Right. What in the world? Why do we live in a society that I have to have three miscarriages or have to be infertile for 12 months to get care? Absolutely. Yes. It was just like, what? Yeah. You know, and it was like, it wasn't just a matter of, okay, just wait. It was like, I, I, there was something wrong. There was something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care how long, like, why do I have to wait some arbitrary time limit when I mm-hmm. know something is wrong? So, you know, we kind of fast forward the story a little bit. We had another loss, mm-hmm. but then I hit the 12 month mark. Okay. And then I got to go talk to a doctor. Okay. So I got referred to a reproductive endocrinologist. Uh-huh. He ran all of his tests. Everything looked beautiful. There was absolutely nothing wrong. And then you get that on awesome diagnosis of unexplained infertility. Right. So lap to the face (laughs) so much. So how do you, as a scientist, I'd love to hear that term comes up a lot. How do you explain that? I mean, it's unexplained obviously, but like, how do you process that? And what does that mean to you? So what it means to me is that there is an explanation. We just don't have the right diagnostic tools to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's what that means to me. And that's my scientific mind was like, oh, well, there's a reason and we just need to figure it out. We just need to build better tools to, to figure this out. So was that when the seed was kind of planted for you to, you know, foreshadowing a little bit to create something that would help? Yes. Yes. But I wasn't at the mind frame that I needed to be at yet. Mm-hmm. I was in the holy crap. Mm-hmm. I just need to be a mom right now. Like I'm like, you go through this and it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's just, it's just every single day. I mean, I don't have to tell you this, like, it's just horrible. And all you want is the baby. Yeah. And, and every single day that passes, you just get more and more distraught, which, you know, obviously doesn't help. And, you know, the doctor looked me in the eye and he's like, you know, we don't know what's wrong with you. We can continue testing and doing certain things. Or I recommend IVF because mm-hmm. that's going to give you the highest probability. And what IVF is, is a huge, huge medical band-aid. It basically takes all the issues that could happen and makes makes it so they can't happen. Oh my God. So, Wait, can we stop right? That's the first time I've heard that explained that way. That's so interesting that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Band-aid. Right. Like, 
Yeah. It's like, if you, you know, sperm and egg don't meet, great. We'll do it in a dish. I don't have tubes. Great. We don't need tubes. We'll do it in a dish. Uh, you know, you're not making enough, whatever it is. Like it basically takes all the possible causes and then does it in a lab. So you don't have those issues and right. then sticks it back in. <laughs> That's so interesting to just hear it phrased that way. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, we did it because I was in that place of, of, of mind where I didn't want to wait any longer. I didn't know what was going on. And my mental being was not great at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we went through a cycle. It was beautiful, uh, beautiful embryos, like high quality, put two back in, nothing. Mm. You know, and then we did another cycle and it was a complete disaster. And in what like, way? It was like, you only got seven eggs. And, you know, I was like 29 at the time. You got seven eggs and they call me on day three. They're like, your embryos are not growing. Um, they're only at the eight, se- eight cell stage. You better come in and, you know, let's put them back in. Let's do the transfer now because they're not, not going to last until mm-hmm. day five. I was like, all right. So I went in and, and got it done. And I'm just thinking about what can I do? We're like, okay, we're going to do acupuncture. We're going to do this. And we're going to try these other stems and you know all these other things. And so my mind was kind of like racing with all the different things to do. But something miraculous happened is I actually got pregnant and mm. that, that turned into my 10 year old son. Okay. Um, and so that was like amazing. Right. right. What do you think about that cycle? Like, was there anything that you did differently or was it like a combination of a bunch of different things? Like, why did that one take? Um, I don't know. Um, I know we put three, three embryos in mm-hmm. because they were just low quality Part of me thinks, and this is just a theory because I don't know, is that the fact that I had already reserved myself into thinking it didn't work, that I de-stressed myself and started thinking on something else. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I don't want to jump too much into the story, but it was a hormonal issue Mm -hmm. and stress impacts your hormones. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my body was just so stressed out, I think, and so just overwhelmed that it wasn't a good environment for those, for those embryos to thrive. Mm, okay. And by thinking that it didn't happen and kind of thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? And just not focusing so much on it. You know, like when they say, oh, just take a vacation and you'll yeah. conceive. like, okay, that's horrible advice, but it's the same like premise of, you know, just, just forget about it. Well, you can't just forget about it. Right. But in my mind, I was doing that because I was so convinced it didn't work. Yeah. Can you right? tell me a little bit more with your scientific background? Because I'm yeah. um, just curious oh. about the hormones and the stress. Like, can you just dive a little bit deeper into that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So your menstrual cycle is your you know fifth vital sign. And it tells you kind of the health of your body because it's the last thing in line. So okay, wait, about, dumb, dumb question, but tell me all the vital signs if you don't mind. <laughs> um, breathing rate, heart okay. rate, okay. pulse rate, temperature. Okay. I think I got them all. And then menstrual cycle. The menstrual See, it's cycle. funny that that is not on par with all the other four, right? I mean, you do like as women, we go to the doctor and they say, when was your last cycle? But yeah, you would think that that would get as much attention as the other ones do and every appointment and every, you know, like if it does have that much impact on everything, you yeah. would, think it would deserve a little more recognition. Right. Right. So, 
so the reason the menstrual cycle is a vital sign is because your body to stay alive, to, you know, let you breathe and, and, and let your heart beat and, and let you be in homeostasis will steal resources from your menstrual cycle. Mm. So it's like, as long as your body is healthy and in balance, you have a healthy menstrual cycle because if you're out of balance, it's like, why would the body let you conceive a child? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, if you're not in balance and you're not ready and capable of conceiving, then your menstrual cycle will be out of whack. Okay. Again, that's the first time I've heard it described that way. I feel like you're like making, make all these breakthroughs right now. That's so interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, um, I think it's Lisa, Lisa Henderson, Jack, I believe it was the fifth vital sign. It's a book. I think okay. it's called the fifth vital sign. You can read that book. Yes. Um, okay, cool. Thank you. But yeah, basically what happens is it steals resources. So there's this thing called the cortisol steal, mm-hmm. which, you know, the, the two ma- major hormones in the menstrual cycle are estrogen and progesterone. And the, the progesterone will actually get converted into cortisol to help you deal with stress. Mm. And so your body could be making enough of these hormones and, you know, after ovulation makes enough of the hormone, but your body is under so much stress that it steals it and, and makes it into cortisol so that it can keep your body going and wow. you don't crash and burn. So, okay. you know, all parts of IVF cycles have progesterone. Uh-huh. They, they all do. And so you know, I was on it for both cycles, but it doesn't matter. Like you can be giving yourself progesterone, but if your body is stealing it and taking it away from the uterus where it needs to help, you know, let the embryo implant and thrive, mm-hmm. then it's, it, you know, it, then you're not going to get pregnant or you're going to get pregnant. You're going to have a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's the science behind it. That's I mean, really interesting. Yeah. So so yeah, I had my I had my son and then he's about a year and a half and I, you know, turned to my husband and I'm like, all right, one more time. One more, just one more, just one more and we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just one more. And, you know, he agreed, but he was like, this is it. Like two is the, the end, the end. <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I didn't want to do IVF. I, I felt like, you know, that, that burning desire to do whatever it takes to have a child was not there as much. Mm-hmm. And instead it was replaced by the burning desire to figure out what was wrong with me. Okay. Yeah. You know, I know it so, said in your bio, you know, it was like, you weren't sure if you could handle the physical and emotional right. challenge of another round yeah. of IVF, which I think is such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just, I was just in a different mental state, right? Like once you, you know, once I had my son, I felt, you know, more complete and, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, adding to the family was not as big as a stress as Mm -hmm. the first one. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that sounds kind of odd to say. No, I, I I get it. So it's kind of cool. Cause you're like, all right, now I'm going to turn on the science mind and use my like PhD in pharmacology and all this hormone knowledge that you have in trying to figure out how you can help yourself and other people too. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so what did you do? You got to work, but like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, so at the time my job was looking at the stress response. It was literally looking at cortisol 
and determining how it can come out of balance and what that causes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, too much stress, you know, you put on, on weight, you have, you know, inflammation, inflammatory disorders, and that's the kind of stuff that I was researching. And my lab mate was researching the effects on estrogen and progesterone and cortisol. And so I sat and had a bunch of conversations with her about, you know, all these things and, you know, went back to my doctor and had conversations with him and looked back at my charts. And it it was just this theory that, you know, I, I was ovulating, but I was not ovulating in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. And so my body was crashing before the embryo had a chance to even get to where it needed to go. Okay. So, you know, you ovulate and then once the egg leaves the ovary, the uh, corpus luteum forms, which will now produce a hormone called progesterone. Mm -hmm. And progesterone has to be secreted at a certain level for a certain number of days to prepare the uterus so that it's receptive for the embryo to attach. Okay. And so what was happening with me was that I was producing progesterone and it was not high enough and it would crash too soon. So that's called a luteal phase defect. Okay. And so it's a very common cause of infertility and it's a, you know, an ovulatory disorder. But the, the problem was that the, the current diagnostic to understand this problem was a progesterone blood draw on cycle day 21 or seven days after ovulation. Okay. And that wasn't and, covering enough ground, do you thought? Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, I was ovulating and I had those tests and those tests came back normal, but what was happening was my, my levels were dropping at about eight or nine days after ovulation. And then in a healthy, successful ovulation, progesterone is high until 10 days after ovulation. Mm -hmm. Think about how long it takes an embryo to leave the ovary, travel down the fallopian tube and into the uterus. It's about seven to 10 days. Wow. And so my body was starting to break down the uterine wall and and starting to, you know, my next menses before the embryo had a chance. Okay. And so that was, you know, kind of the conversations that I was, I was getting in my mind, you know, you know, from temperature charting and seeing the spotting and, you know, the blood work results and all that stuff. And I said, you know, I'm just not making enough of this hormone. You know, you guys give it to all women that are doing IVF. Can I just have this medication? But try naturally. Uh-huh. And, and what was like, the hormone? It was like hormone supplements? It's progesterone. Oh, it's, progesterone. Okay. Yeah. It's just bioidentical progesterone. Gotcha. And, and so I, he said, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, but happy to, happy to, to try it. And within a couple of cycles of just timed intercourse and starting this medication right after ovulation, I got pregnant and wow. I pregnant. <laughs> yes. And now my daughter is six. That must have felt like such obviously a physical breakthrough and like a personal breakthrough, but like in the name of science too, like, did, were you like, oh my God, I just like figured something out that hasn't been figured out yet. Like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, after I went through this, you know, you kind of, you know, you stay in the closet while you're going through it because it's just, it's emotional. And, you know, I felt like, you know, less of a, less of a woman, I guess. Did you? I did. Cause it was like, I was this type A where I was like, well, I just, you know, when I want something, I just go get it. Right. And I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I just felt so helpless. And I'm like, why, why? I'm, I'm a, maybe I'm a bad scientist. Like if I can't even make my own science experiment work, like, right. 
you know. Did you ever get depressed or like really down in the dumps about it all? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how did you get out of that? Exercise. Mm. I, I was a big runner just going out and taking, you know, half hour, 45 minutes to just clear my mind and, and think really, really helped a lot Mm. for me. Yeah. I was the same with soul cycle, like cycling and, and yoga. That was a huge part of it for me. It was just like also getting that like endorphin rush and, you know, the serotonin and all that stuff. Like it just helped me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like clears your mind so you can think clearly, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So you got pregnant with your daughter and then, well, first of all, backing up a little bit, how did it feel when you got that positive pregnancy test? You know, it was like amazing. And then like the next day I was like, wow, that's literally all I had to do. Yeah. That was so easy. Why did I go through all this other stuff? And then that, that's what kind of got my, my innovative juices flowing, so to speak. Uh Uh Like if we just had this knowledge and we had this better diagnostic tool to help women on day one, right? Because remember, I knew I had a problem pretty much from day one, but it was like, I hadn't waited long enough or had too many losses. And it was just Mm -hmm. like these arbitrary rules. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I set out to do was to create something like a better diagnostic tool that gave you, you know, you and your doctors more information to help get you to the goals faster. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we developed Prove. Right. So tell me about you developed it kind of in your basement, right? Yeah. Tell me about the early days and like what that looked like. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not, I'm not some, you know, VC funded, well-connected investor type person. Uh huh. was literally an infertile scientist that wanted to make a difference. I love uh, it. I had absolutely no idea like what to do. And, and I, I called up my other friend who also did IVF. And, you know, she's got PCOS and, you know, PCOS is a, the reason that most women with PCOS aren't conceiving is because they're not ovulating or they're not ovulating properly. Mm -hmm. So they're plagued by low progesterone. And so we we have this, like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. And so we, we just like literally went on the FDA website. We're like, all right, what do we got to do to create this, this device? And we developed this plan and you know, we, we didn't have a bunch of money or anything like that. So we went to crowdfunding. We're like, well, if this is an awesome idea and women want this, they'll buy it and we'll make what? it. So like, what platform did you use for the crowdfunding? Was it like GoFundMe? Um, Indiegogo. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And what was the response? Like, what were the details with that? It was amazing. I mean, we got funded in 48 hours. What? How much money did you raise? We raised $45,000. In 48 hours? Yes. How? how? Did you do like PR behind the campaign? No, no, no. People were just like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for one of these tests for so so many years. Get out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, we funded it and then, you know, we hired a contractor who, you know, was, you know, legally able to create these type of things, you know, according to FDA and all those regulatory rules. And we have just enough money to create our first lot uh, you know, batch. And then we sold it and used that money and then just kind of did that. But it, but that was back in 2017. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not, we sold these things in plastic bags. I'm not even kidding. And like, who were you selling them to? We sold it on Amazon. And it was okay. just like, it was just word of mouth. It was like the people that that funded us told their friends and then they bought it. And then we just kind of bootstrapped it for the first year or so. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and during that year, we learned a lot about how the test works and really fine tuned it to hit that, that sweet spot. So, you know, what the test is designed to do is to ensure that the woman is successfully ovulating. So it's a a urine based test. Mm -hmm. So instead of measuring progesterone in in the serum, like a blood test, we instead measure the metabolite of progesterone in urine. Okay. Um, And so it's called PDG. And what we found is that PDG has to be a certain level in proven fertile women. And so the test is either negative or positive. And when it's positive, you're above this threshold of, you know, minimum amount of, of PDG in a healthy woman's cycle. Okay. And that this ha- test should be positive between seven and 10 days after ovulation. So that's that critical, you know, implantation window when you want levels to be at the highest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a very simple thing is, you know, you, you check with your ovulation test, you know, you get a positive and then you count seven days and you test with proof seven, eight, nine, and 10. And mm-hmm. if they're all positive, it's beautiful, healthy ovulation. You're producing at least enough, you know, PDG to say that you have a nice, healthy ovulation. And then and you're if, supposed to have sex when based on the test? It's based off your ovulation test. Okay. So, so ovulation tests tell you when you're fertile, when you have intercourse. Right. Proved tests tell you that you've actually ovulated and actually have a chance at conception. Okay. So we're more of like, we kind of hang on the, you know, infertility diagnostic spectrum, right? Like, you know, I'm having intercourse in my fertile window according to these ovulation tests, but I'm not conceiving. Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. Well, you take a prove and it's like, well, because you're not ovulating. That's why you're not okay. producing eggs. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily tell you when to have intercourse. It means that it's work, like it's kind of your body's doing what it should be. Or not. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then you yeah. take that information to your doctor and you can like track everything or you yes. can do it yourself. Okay. Yeah. The best place to start is, is your doctor. If you're not getting a single positive, you're not ovulating. And so there's certain things that the doctor can do. If you're getting a couple positives and then they go back negative, um, it's what we call weak ovulation or insufficient. And then there's other things that doctors can do. But then there's a lot of natural things you can do. I mean, like, you know, we were talking about before, like diet and exercise and mm-hmm. stress mm-hmm. and all this stuff impacts your hormones. Right. And so we have a lot of blog content on our site that talks about what you can do, what we find women, very simple things where they're like, I've taken my proof tests. I got like two and a half positives. <laughs> and then I started these changes and now all of a sudden they're all positive. And then the next month she got a positive pregnancy test. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me about, I like, first of all, I love this product in that I know you guys feel really strongly in empowering women. And I love that, you know, that's a huge mission behind what you guys have created. So I love that. But tell me what the kind of feedback has been from people that have used it. Like it's working, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. We're able to give them information so that they can have those empowered conversations. Mm -hmm. We have this huge online support community. Like we're very, very one-on-one handholding because we want women to have answers Mm -hmm. and access this information. So we connect different provers with each other so that they can, you know, offer advice. And we see people going, 
literally, if it was not approved, I would not be pregnant right now because it wasn't a, you know, we helped you understand when to have intercourse, but we helped that woman have better conversations and do actionable things to change her chance at conception. Right. And to change her protocol in certain ways, right. Or like to advocate for herself. So yeah, it's like, my goal is we need to reach these women before they get to the point where they're like, okay, I'll just do IVF because I'm just, you know, it's like, if we can help, you know, I'm not saying IVF is not necessary because IVF is a wonderful, wonderful procedure. Sure. But if you don't need it, I mean, I'm living proof (laughs) as are you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people just don't have access to it. So that's the other thing that we're trying to empower is fertility shouldn't be super expensive. Right. That's yeah. There's such a financial burden and it's also like, it's not one size fits all, you know, like, like you said, IVF is like the medical bandaid. Like I love that term because it, it is kind of tossed around like, oh, we'll just do this. But I love that you're saying it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were like just a bunch of women that want to make a difference. Yeah. And, and we've tried to make this product accessible and affordable to as many people as, as we can. And so, you know, our product is, is $30 a month is all, is all it is Mm -hmm. to uncover something that could be, you know, saving you $15,000. Yeah. And so we really try to just be helpful in any way we can, because like I've been through it and I know Mm -hmm. it sucks and it's horrible Mm -hmm. and it just, it, it, it breaks my heart that other people are, are suffering too. And so it's like, we just want to be as helpful as we possibly can. Okay, guys, thanks again for listening to my conversation with Amy and Amy, thank you for doing it and being on my show. I just wanted to shout out again and thank everybody who has participated in Fertility Rally, our members, everybody who's written stuff for us, everybody who's participated and donated their time to our virtual events, which have been awesome. This is the place that I wish we had when I was going through this. So Blair Nelson of Fab Fertility and I have created this for all of you who are going through this. It's really everything you need under one roof. So if you haven't, check it out. If you have any questions or need anything, let me know. Definitely check out our free trial. It's at fertilityrally.com. And we've just poured our hearts and souls into this to make it a safe space for you and for anybody going through this. So thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys next time.